Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo. And of course, as always, joined by my trusty sidekick and partner in crime, Harley Schultz. Harley, how you feeling, man? You know, uh, I could get used to this. Uh, I mean, we're, back in high school, we had two a days. Uh, during yeah. the preseason, now we're doing two a weeks. I know. It's like I kind of wonder, is my voice already starting to let out on me? Not used to doing all these extra episodes, but hopefully it'll hold out for the season. What do you think? I think it will. I mean, we both kind of go through that sick period usually around mid-November, typically yes. associated with our teams falling off in the standings. But uh, hopefully this year uh, we both have some success. And though this week we're going to be talking about wide receivers. that will hopefully give our listeners some success. Well, hey, look, I'm hoping that I can have some, some back-to-back success and defend my Flex League championship title. So, But anyway, yes, let's get into the wide receivers. But before we do that, we always have to do the news. I don't care if it's the second time in a week. Stuff happens, and it happens fast this time of year. So you know what? For our listeners, I'm throwing it over to Mr. Harley Schultz for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Falling on the heels of Washington losing rookie Darius Geis for the season, several other rookie running backs received bad news this weekend. Both Saquon Barkley and Rashad Penny sustained minor injuries, and Ronald Jones was officially jettisoned behind Peyton Barber on the Buccaneers' depth chart. To protect their fantasy stock going forward, fellow rookies Royce Freeman, Sony Michelle, and Kerryon Johnson have all asked that the R next to their name on roster sheets be removed. Philadelphia's Elshon Jeffrey may start the season on the physically unable to perform list. I'm physically unable to speak today, apparently. Following off-season shoulder surgery, Jeffrey had nine touchdowns last year, which was the second highest total of his career. But he also had the second fewest yards of any season of his career. If Jeffrey is to miss time, Mike Wallace and Mac Hollins could see an uptick in value. Of course, if that were to happen we may have actually reached Armageddon. (laughs) Sean McDermott went out of his way this past weekend to rave about the fantastic shape LaShawn McCoy was in at camp. Hey, Sean, just think what kind of shape Shady will be in next season if he gets three square meals and two hours in the yard each day. Now, there's no guarantee that McCoy will suffer any legal fallout from his alleged domestic abuse case, But we have to believe that Commissioner Roger Goodell is giddy as a schoolgirl in anticipation of placing him on the restricted list. (laughs) The Jarek McKinnon hype train got mildly derailed over the weekend as a leg injury forced him into the MRI chamber. Early reports suggest a minor injury, but the Niners hedged their bets by signing former Kyle Shanahan favorite Alfred Morris. This, of course, raises the question, what? Were Stephen Davis and John Riggins not available? (laughs) And finally, Martavis Bryant missed Monday's practice due to a headache. 
This is extremely ironic, seeing as how Bryant typically causes headaches for everyone else around him. This has been your BPN News Update. Very nice. Very nice. Yes, that, that does seem to be the case, including his owners, Lamar yes. Tavis. Um, you know, i got to go back real quick before we get into the wide receivers. In Tampa Bay, Peyton Barber, whatever happened to Charles Sims? Like, is he just this, he's the guy that's just going to be third down type back? I mean, I really thought that he had some pretty decent talent. I'm surprised he's not getting any sort of look at all. Maybe he's a name. Maybe he's a sleeper name to take a stab at late in your draft. But even then, you mean he's going to fall behind uh, both uh, Ronald Jones yeah. and Jaquiz Rogers on depth chart too. Yeah, at some point Jones is going to Jones. Actually, this news on him makes him a value for people in drafts now. But oh, totally! I really like Jones this year, even uh, with the possibility that he's going to split some time. Yeah, and he has the biggest problem that most running backs do: pass protection. You got to be able to pass protect. And you know what? It's almost like, hey, why not put him out there for the first few games since your, you know, your um, franchise quarterback is going to be on the bench anyway because he's suspended. So if he gets somebody killed, it's only Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> right? I mean, let him learn under fire. But anyway, so just to go back over what we're going to do as far as the format, like we did last week with running backs. We've got names for all the different wide receivers we're going to talk about on all 32 teams. We're each going to say if we're buying, selling, we're just kind of like meh on them at their current ADP. So we might love the player but hate the cost, right? Yes. Or love the cost and not really like the player much. But So we're talking, you're getting how we feel about their cost, basically, because that's what, that's what matters. So anything to add before we get started? No, let's jump right into the good old AFC East. So we'll start out with um, Kelvin. I'd like to throw shade at Cam Newton Benjamin, who's got an ADP that puts him right around round 12. I, at round 12, I feel like he's a steal right now because uh, even with the acquisition of uh, potential wide receiver one on that team, Corey Coleman, I, I'd gladly take a 12th round pick for a starting wide receiver and, and wide receiver on offense that's going to be playing from behind. Yeah, and it's at, look, the 12th round, it's exactly what it is. It's a shot in the dark and you're buying a lottery ticket, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I'm with you in that I'm not targeting him. If I have a need, though, and he's there, then, yeah, I, I can see that I would buy him. So he's a buy for both of us. Uh, the other, obviously, the big player there is Corey Coleman, who yep. was just traded from the Browns. Uh, there's talk already that he's the number one receiver there. Uh, obviously, number one wide receiver getting balls thrown to him by A.J. McCarron, Nathan Peterman, and uh, Josh Allen That's doesn't always feel great. But So here's the thing. He's got an ADP in the 18th round. I don't think we can really rely on that because that has changed or is going to change going forward since he's recently in Buffalo. I don't think you're going to be able to wait and get him in round 18. Well, there's four other names on the uh, list there that uh, I've identified as possible deep, deep dives. But again, these are guys that you're not going to really need to worry about in terms of ADP. Andre Holmes has looked pretty good this preseason so far. Uh, Zay Jones is, of course, the guy who came on a little bit last year. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Curley is their veteran who's probably going to play some out of the slot. And lastly, uh, rookie Austin Prohl, who, if nothing else, he's – got the bloodline so okay yeah that's true um yeah and if you don't know that name go google him or something like that anyway 
So Coleman, are you buying on Coleman? Say if he's anywhere in the round twelve to eighteen. If he's closer to around eighteen, I probably am. I still like Benjamin as the play here, even though uh, you could argue that Coleman's got more talent. Okay, so we're both probably pretty met on Coleman right now. Um, Zay Jones, I would have liked better had they not acquired Coleman, actually, especially since he's practicing now. So I'm a met on him also. And the other guys, I don't really think that they're going to be worth much, even as lottery tickets. So let's move exactly. Let's move on to Miami, where we have a plus in that Tannehill's back this year. I think we're going to look at Devontae Parker, who is he's basically right there at the end of the seventh round. You have Albert Wilson, who is. He's late, 237. You're, you're talking around 18, 19, 20-ish for Albert Wilson. Amendola's in that same range, 211 overall. And then you got Kenny Stills, who's around 11, around 11, 11, 12 range. So let's start with Parker. You buying him at that, at that price? Uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, he always seems to tantalize. He's got a lot of hype surrounding him every year. Both him and Stills do. In fact, for, recently I've seen Stills go – Higher than even I would want to take him. Uh, Stills is kind of a home run play each week. He's a great play for DFS purposes because he could go off for that two catches and 120 yards and two touchdowns. But I just don't trust that on a week-to-week basis in your regular lineup. Okay. Uh, Amendola is probably a safe play here because they lost Jarvis Landry, and Tannehill loved throwing underneath uh, Jarvis Landry. So Amendola is going to basically take on that exact same role. So I'm definitely buying him. Uh, they brought in Albert Wilson before they signed Amendola to kind of have that role, but I've got to assume that they're going to play Amendola over Wilson. Uh, the the only other name that I identified on their depth chart is Leonte Carew, who kind of got some hype last year. Yeah. Uh, I just don't I I don't think there's enough offense to go around there to support him as a late round pick. Uh, so I'm I'm avoiding Parker. I'm avoiding Stills at that price unless he slides a lot. Amendola is really the only one I'm buying. So you're and you're you're saying. You're selling on Albert Wilson, also. I just I don't see enough okay. targets there for him. So here's what I here's how I am. This is where it depends on what you do in the earlier rounds. If you're hitting running back early, then that's when you're going to be looking to reach for a wide receiver in this seventh round area. At that point, I don't have a problem taking and rolling the dice on Parker. So I'm not necessarily buying him because I want to get him. But if I go running back early, which I'm more apt to do this year. I probably am going to be behind in wide receiver and looking for upside, and I think he presents that. So I'm buying him. As far as stills, I'm with you. I'm selling on stills. And then between Albert and Amadola, they're such late-round lottery tickets. If I want Amadola, but he gets snatched first, I might be willing to go and grab Albert just in case because Amadola has been pretty brittle, um, and he could wind up providing a little bit of a spark. And at a price that you get him in the 200s, it's not a problem. I think I, I hear what you're saying about Parker, at least uh, if, if you're trying that pattern. But I just I really feel that there's so many wide receivers this year in that round seven, round eight range that I just like more than Parker. <laughs> OK, fair enough. Let's move to New England. Chris Hogan is at pick 83. So he's at the end of the seventh round. I've, I've seen him. There's one of higher. the guys that I like better than Parker. Yeah. Um, but I've seen him pushed higher in that round usually. Um, and then you've got. Edelman, who, of course, is injured. He's almost at pick 100, so he's in that round 9-10 range. Then you've got Corderell at 278 and Kenny Britt in the 300s. You Don't buy forget it? about Eric Decker. Uh, you, okay, you want me to put Decker down, really? I'll put, yep. him, I'll put him down for you. I'm not even looking for his, his ADP because I bet it's not, not even listed. Well, here's what's going to happen with Decker. Uh, for the first four games while Edelman is out, 
Decker is going to play. He's going to catch four passes, and it's going to be four seven-yard touchdown passes. Okay, that's, that's all he's going to have all season. Gotcha. And then they're probably going to cut him or trade him to someone. Uh, I'll, I, no, they won't trade him because Decker's just going to want to retire if he's going to be cut. So right. Yeah. If buy Decker, get his four touchdowns and cut him. Okay. Uh, you don't. Have, you only have to waste to pick him. You could probably pick him up on the waiver order. <laughs> okay. What about Hogan? Oh, again, this is this is the example of who I want in that seventh or eighth round if they're there for me. I'd much rather have Hogan, a, a, a equal receiver with Parker, just on a much better offense. Okay, I'm I'm kind of against you on that. Not that I don't like Hogan, but when M, when Edelman comes back, I think that that could limit Hogan's upside a little bit more. Where Parker, if he's going to be successful, he is the key to that offense on the passing game. So I'm kind of meh on Hogan, and it will depend on who's available in that round if I have to go wide receiver. Um, what about Edelman? You buying Edelman even with the suspension? Yeah, I mean, he's I always too. been Tom Brady's favorite, and as long as Brady's on the field and Edelman's on the field for eight games, including <clears throat> for eight games, for 12 games, including the playoffs. The playoffs. Yes. Playoffs. Yes. Uh, I mean, I like to have Edelman because he is going to be a target hog as long as Brady is out there. Yep. And you know what? He needs the time to recover from his, his injury anyway. So I love the Edelman pick. There's two wide receivers that I really love in that mid round range and that. In that, that 99, 110 range, he's one of them. And as long as I've hit wide receiver early enough that I feel like, hey, I'll stash him. I don't care. You're not going to find a receiver on the waiver wire likely four weeks in that's going to give you his production once he's back. So I'm buying Edelman also. What about Corderell and Britt? No, thank you. I agree. Selling on both of those guys. I'm buying Edelman. I'm, I'm selling on Decker. I'm sorry. And then you're buying Hogan, and I'm met on Hogan. Yep. How about the Jets? They've got some interesting prospects there. If that's how you want to put it. Robbie Anderson, he is, again, he's in that ninth round range, nine, eight, nine, ten. He might push up to eight, but on average, he's in the ninth round. Terrell Pryor, Curse, and Anunwa are all in the late, early to late 200s. So they're basically free if you want them. Where are you on Robbie Anderson? I actually, I'm getting a lot of Robbie Anderson this year. I think that he's got the chance to way outperform his current ADP. I agree. Um, and again, you're getting him probably as your wide receiver two or wide receiver three and hoping for more. In fact, I would say he's probably not even your wide receiver two unless you went mega heavy, yeah. zero wide receiver type strategy this year. And again, he's going to produce wide receiver two numbers. Now, the, the wild card there is in Nunwa, who I also really like. He showed a lot of uh, chutzpah a couple of years ago before suffering that injury. So yep. I actually I'm buying both of those guys. I don't think there's enough targets to go around for Curse or Pryor. Uh, it's kind of a wild card. I might take a shot on our Darius Stewart at the end of your draft as a uh, he, he showed a lot of promise as, as a rookie uh, and then kind of disappeared last season. So again, Robbie Anderson and Nunwa both buys for me. So here's here's where I am with Robbie Anderson. I actually love him this year. I love the value he presents. I have missed him in every draft. It seems like I'm on the tips. And where I'd have to take him, I'd have to severely overdraft him. And there's other guys I like a little bit better that I think are going to be in slightly better offenses. So then he doesn't make it back to me. But I'm a buyer on him. I think people, if, if he's there and you have the ability to take him, yes, he's somebody I have no question I would take. Um, as far as the Anunwa curse and prior, somebody else has to put some numbers up there. If I had to default it, yeah, Anunwa's the earliest of all those picks, but they're all basically free he probably is the one that would be more consistent than the other two. Pryor probably has a slightly higher ceiling, but I wouldn't go crazy on any of them. So I'm telling you, I'm kind of met on all those guys, even at their cost. 
Okay, let's roll into the AFC North with Baltimore. Yes, we've got Crabtree, who's got a basically late, late seventh, early eighth round ADP. Then you've got John Brown, who's in the 220s, which is a little bit shocking. That's almost a 20th round pick. And then Rashad Perriman doesn't even have an ADP. And Willie Sneed's just almost, he's, he's, he's almost at 300. So he's free. Like, you pay people to take Willie Sneed. So where are you on Crabtree? You know, I've never been a Crabtree fan. I, I mean, he had a better quarterback last year in Derek Carr and did okay. Uh, but as long as Joe Flacco's the quarterback there, it, that offense is just not exciting. Now, of course, sooner or later, they're going to wise up and start playing Lamar Jackson. Then their value starts to go up some. And uh, so, again, I'm not buying Crabtree where he is because he's he's getting bought like his numbers were from last year with Derek Carr throwing him the ball. Yeah. Uh, John Brown, however, is sliding so far that and he's looked really good this spring that I'm, I'm potentially buying him, although I'm always concerned with him about the health questions. And, and what least need as a late round flyer, I can appreciate. But, uh, yeah, I want nothing to do with Perriman. So, uh, OK, so I'm with you for the most part. I'm selling Crab because, as an example, at 85, 20 picks later, almost two full rounds is when Robbie Anderson comes off the board. And oh, I think, I'd much rather have Robbie Anderson. Yeah, and there's a ton more upside there. As far as Brown, because of his cost, yeah, I buy him. He's a good one to fill out at the end of the bench. He stays healthy, gets some good matchups. He might get a, a week where he's got you know, a couple long touchdowns, possibly. Perriman, as much as I wanted to like that guy, it's just a shame. It's just not there. And yeah, Snead I'd rather have his dad. Sneed doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I agree. Even now today, he probably would do better. <coughs> So there okay, you go. Cincinnati, I'm, I'm Cincinnati should be a quick talker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati, we've got AJ Green, John Ross, Tyler Boyd, and uh, Brandon. Not Brandon Tate because he's now in New Orleans. Uh, they have a Tate there, and I'm not sure which one it is on my list here. By the way, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you for a minute. I don't think we we should have told all of our listeners that Harley is actually broadcasting from an but from a construction zone. That's jackhammering that we've been able to temper the sound of just a little bit. Yes, apparently my cat has found my collection of Saw DVDs. <laughs> uh, so, again, the only wide receiver that you need to worry about there is A.J. Green. He's a second-round talent, and uh, yeah. I really don't I don't want him at second round, but I don't someone either. will take him there. <laughs> I, well, I'm going to be – so are you buying or selling A.J. Green at a 2380p? Uh, I'm, I'm not buying him there. I'll, I'll sell him there. I agree. I am selling – I'm selling A.J. Green because I don't like that cost. I probably would wind up going to the running back in that same position before I'd go him if I didn't like my wide receivers. Boyd, I'm just sorry. I don't see the upside in that offense. John Ross, I mean, at 178, you can't go wrong, but I'm just I'm sorry. I'm just out on that Cincinnati offense this year. I'd rather, I'd rather take John Brown at that point than John Ross. Yeah, I would too. I agree with you. More polished and you know what you're getting, and they're almost the same guy. It turns out it's Auden Tate, not Golden Tate oh. or Brandon Tate. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, Cleveland. Uh, about two weeks ago, this looked like a really, really deep wide receiver core with uh, the likes of Corey Coleman and Josh Gordon and Antonio Callaway and Jarvis Landry. And yeah. right now it looks like all we might have left is Jarvis Landry. <laughs> so, yeah, Landry's got an ADP of 44. That puts him mid-fourth round. Gordon, 62. That puts him in the sixth round. Callaway 218. So Landry, you buying or selling? At that point, I think that's about the right price for him. Uh, I think he's going to be a target hog there. 
Uh, he looked decent so far in training camp and, and so far this summer or so. I'd buy him at that price. I mean, again, I'm probably not taking him as my wide receiver one. He's probably going to be my wide receiver two. But some people might overpay and try to get him as a wide receiver one, and I don't agree with that. Okay. Uh, so I'm selling Landry, but it's more tied to my feeling on Gordon. I just I know that there's question marks around Gordon. If there were no question marks, he would be going up in the third round, if not sooner, possibly. Oh, right? definitely, definitely. So I'm drafting that, and I'm drafting it earlier if I have to because I want the upside. You're getting him as a wide receiver three at worst, right? Yes. Possibly a wide receiver four or five. If he does play at any point this year and stays healthy and stays off the – the stuff he needs to stay off and doesn't get suspended, he's a top 15 wide receiver. I think he's top 10 or better. So because I want to invest in Gordon, that tends to have me stay away from Landry. So I can't really say sell Landry. If you, if you don't like Gordon, you can buy Landry. But if you're on Gordon, then I'm selling Landry. Well, before we go any further, I want to talk a little bit about Callaway's situation here. Wait, I want to have ask you, you first. Heard? Wait a minute. First, are you buying or selling Gordon? At, at sixth round value, definitely buying. Okay. Go ahead. You have Callaway. Uh, so have you ever heard of a coach punishing a player <laughs> by playing him an entire game? <laughs> no. And you know what? Preseason punishments, if you're not running gassers or something of the like, doesn't make any sense. You're you, Okay. So the Jags, we haven't talked about them, but they suspend two players that don't have to practice for a week in the preseason. They don't want to go to practice during the preseason anyway. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Punish them. Make them be the water boys or something. Make them run the run the drinks to everybody during breaks or something. That's a punishment for those guys. They don't even. I mean, they're not even going to get docked any kind of game checks, right? I mean, nope. There's it's it's a it's just a joke. Okay, Callaway two eighteen. I think he's a buy just because. Oh, the definitely ups- in a dynasty format. I'm definitely buying well, him. And I'm, I'm even buying him in a redraft because I mean, as of right now, with Gordon out. He's one of your starting wide receivers. Yes, and that's what I was going to say. What he winds up being is a hedge if you invest in Gordon. Because yes. if Gordon hits, his, his value is definitely going to be limited. But in the, like I said, in round 18, I mean, he's an end-of-draft pick. You get him after defenses and kickers. So, yeah, I think he's a wide good hedge. Wide receiver to talk about in Cleveland, of course. So, anyway, so that's where we are in Cleveland. Let's move one, to— one, one more guy in wide receiver. Oh, go, ahead. Go, ahead. Here. go ahead. Des Bryant. No, not talking Des Bryant. <laughs> okay, I don't buy it. I don't think. I don't. I just. I think it's all a dog and pony show. Even if he goes I, there, I totally agree. I totally agree. Even if he goes there, I don't see a good value for Des. I mean, thirty, forty catches and five, six touchdowns, maybe. Not even that. He, he's not a seventy, eighty, ninety catch guy. He's not a thousand plus. He's not a ten, twelve touchdown receiver anymore. He's just not. So no, I. I'm selling Dez. I don't, I'm not even, he's like, I don't even want to see him on the draft board. Well, the last team in the AFC North uh, is Pittsburgh. And we got a little bit of scary news today. Uh, there were some question marks about Antonio Brown leaving practice early. It sounds like he's okay. Uh, him, Juju Smith-Schuster, Eli Rogers, and James Washington. What do you feel about those guys? So here's the thing. Antonio Brown. I am all retro running back in the first and second round. I've been that way for about three, maybe four years now. Brown has an ADP of seven, right? He's Mm -hmm. going five or six in some places, but on average, he's going right around seven. So you're getting five to six running backs coming off the board before him. At that point, I still think that running back is so thin that I'd rather get my stud running back 
and look at getting a guy like Julio, which has slipped that far in the second round coming back. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans even. So for me, I'm selling Brown based on his ADP. Well, what can Brown do for me? Absolutely nothing for those exact reasons. Okay. Juju, 45. Now we're talking, you know, late fourth, maybe early fifth round pick. You know, he really shined last year. Uh, I just, I still think that's too early for him. I, I, I think agree. the hype train is too high on him. Uh, I think he's going to be good this year. But at that point, I mean, that's the same point where I'm getting Jarvis Landry. And I'd rather have Jarvis Landry than Smith Schuster. Yeah. And I probably maybe consider him in. You know, the sixth to eighth round, I wouldn't feel good about sixth. Eighth, I might be willing to pull the plug if I can get him as a wide receiver three. So I'm with you. I'm kind of like in a sell mode on him also. Eli Rogers, I'm, I'm meh on. I didn't even look at what his ADP was. I agree with you on, on Eli. James Washington's certainly getting some preseason hype here. So he's probably an end-of-the-draft guy that you can take. Yes. And, uh I'd definitely take a flyer on him at the end of the draft. I would, too. I took a flyer on him in the flex draft, and I got a finger from somebody in there for doing so. But (laughs) that same person returned the favor and then took Latavius Murray about four picks in front of me when I'm a Dalvin Cook owner. So, But, yeah, I like James Washington, and from what I understand, the coaches like him. And if anything were to happen to Juju or Antonio, he he becomes – you know, one of your major waiver wire ads. So why not bench him, you know, stash him on the bench right now at a free You don't price. oftentimes hear about wide receiver handcuffs, but I think he truly is a good wide receiver handcuff. Yep. Okay, let's move to Houston. Let's talk about Nuke first, who's got a – he's basically number seven, eight overall, and then you got Fuller at 82. Well, I, I like both of those at that, at that position. Again, I think uh, – it's tough to take Nuke at seven with the running backs like uh, Hunt and Gordon and Fournette all sitting out there, or even Delvin Cook. Yep. Um, but I, I think he is going to have a better season than even Antonio Brown. So if if I want to go wide receiver heavy, I'm buying him. That said, I'm probably not going wide receiver heavy, so I'm probably not buying him. But I I don't mind the price. Fuller, I love the price. See, During those few games he played with uh, Deshaun last year, he was absolutely electric. Even if he does half of what he did last year in those games, he's going to be a steal. So I'm selling, and I love I love Nuke, I do. I'm selling him for the same reasons I'm selling Brown. I mean, they're less than a full space away in ADP. You're talking .6, so it's close. They're almost 1A, 1B. I'm selling him for the same reasons as much as I love him. And I'm just kind of met on Fuller. I don't love the cost where he's at. And I think he's too streaky for me. Reminds me a little bit of peerless price in a sense. What do you think of Kiki Kute? I've heard a lot of people talking about him this preseason. I think the offense is going to run through, through Hopkins and, and Deshaun Watson and, and the running back position. I don't think it's going to, and you'll have the occasional hit with Fuller, but I don't think it'll, I don't think that offense will play three people for fantasy reasons. Well, Indianapolis is up next and they should have some interesting talkers <laughs> because after T.Y. Hilton, you've got three question marks in Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers, and Dean Kane. Well, I'll tell you right now. T.Y., I, I love T.Y. because Luck is back. I, I think people still aren't ready to trust Luck. I am. Um, however, T.Y. winds up in a spot where I keep missing him. But I would absolutely have no problem buying him at his cost of an ADP of 37. Ryan Grant, 231. Those other guys, no, I'm, I'm, I don't want any parts of him. It's going to be wide receivers and tight ends in Indianapolis. 
I, I don't mind uh, Hilton at that price. I don't mind Grant at his price. I think he could break out this year. And, and Kane, again, is another guy who's an end-of-the-bench end of flyer. In dynasty leagues, you might be more interested in him than in redraft. So Chester Rogers, I, I could care less for. Well, we go from one place, Indy, that has hardly any wide receivers, to Jacksonville. Oh, let me, let me rephrase this. We go from Indy, where they have a world-class quarterback coming back from injury and very little at the wide receiver spot, to a team that has a plethora of wide receivers with a junior college-type quarterback in Blake Bortles. Including one wide receiver they stole from Indianapolis. Correct. So we've got Marquise Lee, and they're all late. They're all pretty late picks. Marquise Lee, who is a round 10 pick. You've got D.D. Westbrook. He's a round 17 guy. Moncrease, even later. You're looking at him in round 18. And then Keelan Cole, he's in that round 16, 17 range also. Are you buying or selling Marquise Lee? Well, I'll just make this easy on you. I'm buying every Jacksonville receiver except for Moncrief. I think we've seen Moncrief's ceiling with Andrew Luck, and he doesn't have Andrew Luck anymore. Now, Jacksonville has one of the softest schedules in the league against the pass this year, and even if they do still use a lot of Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon with the ball out of the backfield, they've already said that they expect Bortles to throw the ball more than they did last year, so... Marquise Lee was a borderline wide receiver one at times last year. Uh, yeah. Keelan Cole had a three-week span where he was a wide receiver two. D.D. Westbrook was supposed to be the best of the three last year coming out as a rookie. Uh, all three of those guys I'm buying at their current ADP. In fact, I'm buying them earlier than that. Uh, I may even consider the rookie uh, D.J. Chark too, but uh, again, I think we've seen the best of Moncrief. So here's what I'll tell you. I'm buying Marquise Lee. I do think that he's the one guy that you can consistently rely on in that offense. I would love D.D. Westbrook. I'd love him more if he didn't have to worry about Keelan Cole and Moncrief and everybody else siphoning you know, and bastardizing the extra targets that are left there. So I can still see buying D.D. because of his price, 193 overall ADP. Moncrief, I'm with you. I'm just I'm selling him, and I'm kind of meh on Cole. Because you can't get him and Didi. They're, they're 192, 193. So you're, you, unless you get lucky and one of them falls, you're not going to take them. And, you, know, you can't get them both in the same round. That's correct. Uh, lastly, for the FC South, we have Tennessee. And Tennessee, uh, they should be throwing the ball more this year, but uh, they've got some injury concerns with Rashard Matthews. And uh, it's kind of some mysterious injury there, from yeah. what I understand. And, and with Rashard, because of that, I'm, I'm out on him. At this point, otherwise, I would like him at his value, but it's just something doesn't seem right. So, I'll take a lottery ticket on somebody else. But how do you feel about Corey Davis, who's got a 54 ADP, which puts him solidly in the middle of round five? He sure looked good at the end of the year last year, but uh, and he was pretty much the consensus top wide receiver pick last year among rookies. But if Matthews is going to miss extended time, then I like Davis a lot more than I would if we knew for certain that Matthews would play. i still not taking him that high, though. I think there's much better options a couple rounds later, a lot safer options that we've seen more footage of. Yeah. Uh, any, any thoughts on Taiwan Taylor or Tajay Sharp? No and no. I don't know that that all – I think that offense is still going to be a run-first team. As far as Davis goes, I think he's a nice talent. But you know what? I'd rather in the same ADP range – You've got Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones. There are a bunch of guys right there that I'd rather have over him. So I'm all, se- all much all much safer than Corey Davis. Correct. So I, I would tell you I'm selling on both those guys, all of them. 
Okay, floating into the AFC West, we're starting out with Denver, where, you know, they used to seem to have like three or four guys on their bench that always seemed like they might be worth something, but really weren't. Now they've got three wide receivers, and do any of the three interest you that much with the new quarterback there? Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, You've got Demarius Thomas, who is around, he's got number 58 overall, so that puts him fifth round. Emmanuel Sanders is the end of the ninth, beginning of the tenth round, ADP-wise. Cortland Sutton, you're looking at round 12, 13, right? So I like Demarius Thomas at that range because you're getting him usually as a wide receiver two, sometimes a wide receiver three, depending on your draft strategy. So I'm buying him. And then let me ask you, what are you doing with with DT first before we get into Sanders? Well, I, I think we need to look at Denver's receiving core and compare them to Minnesota's receiving core, which Case Keenum used last year. Can do that. Now, I really feel that Demarius Thomas, being more of the outside speed threat, is going to have more of the Adam Thielen role, whereas Emmanuel Sanders uh, does a lot of his operations on, over the middle and across the middle. He's going to be more of the Stefan Diggs role in that offense, assuming, again, that the offense is run similar to what Case Keenum did in Minnesota. Uh, both of them could have some value. I didn't realize Thomas was going that late. Yes. At that point, I'll definitely buy him. I, I, I really thought he was going higher than that uh, in terms of ADP. Sanders, what was his ADP? 108. So I need to put – I would say that my buy on, on Demarius has a little asterisk next to it, but I have no problem with anybody buying him at that. I would never second-guess him. I'd say I think you got good value on it. Sanders, though, is the guy – when I said Edelman, Sanders is the other guy I was talking about. He's a steal in that, in that range. So I want him. I've missed him in every draft also, usually by a pick or two. Um, and I'm not happy about it. But he is one hell of a value, if not the best value in drafts in my mind, cost-wise. Well, I think the nice thing about Sanders is he always elicits sort of a, eh, I've yeah. got Emmanuel Sanders on my roster type of response. <laughs> and, uh, I, again, I think he's going to outperform his last couple seasons Again, based just on oh. the fact that behind those three, they really have nothing else. Well, not just that. I mean, I think that the cost, what that cost has baked into it is their performances last year based on the crap they had a quarterback. And yes. Sanders was dealing with injuries. And, I mean, I just don't think people are factoring in the case factor. So, for me, that's why they're great values. I think people are sadly mis- misvaluing those guys and that they're undervalued, but Sanders even more so. Um, Cortland Sutton, you know, you're talking round 13. He's not somebody I'm going to want to have to rely on. He's somebody you want to take a flyer on because DT's getting up in age. If he tweaks something and winds up missing time, Sutton could have a bigger role. I can, I can see that, but I'm more met on him. Well, I think if you're taking a Thomas or Sanders, Sutton is another example of a guy you could take as a wide receiver handcuff. But sure. again, even in the Minnesota offense with Case Keenum last year, uh, the third receiver was technically Jarius Wright, who was extremely valuable on third down. He was actually a fun DFS play because he, he would occasionally get a, a, a blow-up type game where he'd have like seven catches all on third down for first downs. But he wasn't used frequently enough to make him valuable from a fantasy standpoint regularly. Okay. So just to clarify, you're buying both Sanders and Thomas. Yeah, I, I'm buying Sanders and Thomas. Uh, surprisingly happy to buy Thomas at that price. And Again, I'm not overly excited in the name Emmanuel Sanders, but at that price, I'll gladly put him on my roster. And then Sutton, you a buy to a meh on him? I'm a meh on him. It, yeah, a okay. buy only if you've got one of the other two as a handcuff. Gotcha. Move to KC. Got two guys I think that we mainly need to talk about. Um, Tyreek Hill and Sammy. 
Watkins. Hill is at an ADP of 30. Watkins, at the lowest of his career, I think, since he's come into the league at 66. That's uh, an interesting situation. It all comes down to how accurate Patrick McCombs can be. And, uh, I mean, obviously Hill was a monster last year with Alex Smith throwing the ball deep to him. Mahomes has the arm to throw it deep. Uh, but, again, how accurate it's going to be, we we have to see some more preseason footage to really get a, a good feel for that. Um, I don't love Hill at that price because that means you're buying him as your wide receiver one. Yep. Uh, I think he will perform wide receiver one-wise, but that just seems a little high for a lot of question marks there. Uh, Watkins at his price – his whole story for his entire career has been, can he stay on the field? And if he can stay on the field, I don't mind him at his price. Because, again, like you said, it's depressed once again. Well, here's what I see. So you're you're saying that you're selling on Hill, so am I. There's just too yeah. much risk there for that price. Sammy, I'm selling him also. You're buying him, right, at that price? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm buying him at that price. I'm, I'm, I'm not super excited about him, kind of like Emmanuel is like, I'll take him, but... <laughs> yeah. See, I'm selling him because in that same range, you're talking Demarius, Gordon, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, Chris Hogan, Devontae Parker. Those guys are all in that relative range, so that's why I'm selling on Sammy also. Well, I will say this. In the Scott Fishbowl 8, Watkins was the first wide receiver I took in round 8. That's a different story. At that point, you're, exactly. you're looking... You're t- it's a risk-reward pick there. But yep. I, I just I'm still selling him more than likely. Let's move to I wrote down San Diego in my notes and I had to scribble it out and write Chargers. I did that too. <laughs> um, I'm sorry if anybody doesn't like it, they will always be San Diego for at least another eight to ten years with me. Um, Chargers, you got Keenan Allen who is 17.6 with an ADP. Then you've got some late guys: Mike Williams 130, Tyrell Williams 176. Buying Keenan? Yes, me too. Uh, I, I'm, like, I'm a Keenan Allen rube. I, I always get him, and I always get disappointed when he gets hurt in the first week. But, you know, his injuries haven't been, like, something where you can really na- label him as injury-prone. They've all been freak injuries. So, and, and where I really like him is if I decide that I, you know, you're in that four, five, six range, and you've got a running back, a strong one, and you're going to nab Allen as your first wide receiver, and then you're going to try and get a running back coming back in round three or something like that. I love that pick. Scott Fishbowl, I was able to nab Allen and Devontae Adams on the turn from 1-1. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big – I can't quit Keenan. I'm buying him also. What about the other two guys, Williams and Williams? You know, they intend. They say they intend to use Mike Williams more, particularly in the red zone. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm yeah. not buying him. Uh, Tyrell I, I almost always have on my roster. He's always one of those guys that get near the end of the draft, and I usually play him three or four times a year, and he always seems to do okay. So. I'll, I'll buy Tyrell. I, I'm not buying Mike until I see more footage. Okay, so you're buy, buy, sell. I'm buy, meh, meh. Um, somebody's going to have to pick up some slack in the red zone with Hunter Henry out, but I, yeah, I don't think he's somebody can rely on. Let's move to Oakland and their 1983 offense with Amari Cooper, Jordy Nelson, Martavis, Bryant. Amari, end of the round threes, 36 overall at, at ADP-wise. Jordy, 103, Martavis, 176. Uh, I, I met on Amari Cooper. Uh, he's had the chance to be the number one there several times now. Uh, we'll see if, uh, if Gruden can do something with him. Uh, Jordy, coming off his worst season of his career, of course, that was with Jacoby Brissett and oh, who was the other guy that Green Bay trotted out there after Aaron Rodgers went down? <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Uh, he left Aaron. 
So it's obviously a degrading quarterback there going to Derek yeah. Carr. But at, at that point, I mean, you're talking about a guy who was a second-round pick or a third-round pick the last couple of years. I, I would take a buy on Jordy Nelson at that point. Uh, as we mentioned in the news, Martavis Bryant is a walking headache. I want really nothing to do with him. I, I almost rather roster Seth Roberts because he usually scores like three games in a row. Gotcha. Okay, so you're buying Jordy. So I'm met on Amari. I like Amari the the player. I don't like the cost, especially when you look at it. That Amari's actual ADP is 35.67 and TY's is 37.27. Give me TY and a better offense with a better quarterback every day of the week. Um, and then Jordy, I'm selling on. I'm sorry. I just, again, I just don't, don't, I can't. I, I'd have somebody else I'd rather take that has more upside in that period. And then Martavis, I, I believe it or not, I think the upside's there. It's worth the risk being a cost of, you're talking round 15, easy to cut bait with and get to the waiver wire if you need to. If he puts his head on straight, 50, 60 catches, 800 plus, and a handful of touchdowns as possible. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a buy on Martavis. Just one last quick point here in Oakland. Uh, we just talked about Keenan Allen and his history of injuries, most of which have been of more of the freak nature. Cooper has had a history of injuries all related to his back, and I really don't like the idea of having my wide receiver one be a wide receiver one that has a history of back injuries because wide receivers need healthy backs to be successful. And then, so that wraps up the AFC for us. Honestly, Pete, uh, for our listeners, we're, we know that we are going to go close 45 minutes to an hour for this show. We're at 41 now, so we're definitely going to be closer to that hour time frame. Um, but let's go Dallas. We've got Hearns, Gallup, and really, I mean, I could talk about Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley, but why? Hearns 142, Gallup 149, buying, selling what? Someone's got to catch passes there, so I'm buying both of them at that price tag. Uh, I think the Hearns showed in limited re- opportunity a couple of years ago in Jacksonville that he could catch passes and be a red zone threat. I think Gallup has been a talk of the training camp, so to speak, for Dallas. He's been very, very good. And you know what? I'm even buying Cole Beasley because uh, he's the one returning back, that, uh, the one returning back, the one returning wide receiver that Dak Prescott truly feels comfortable with. Because I know that Dak does not feel comfortable throwing the ball to Williams. Okay. So you're buying Hearns. Did you say you're buying Gallup, right? I'm, I'm buying Hearns, Gallup, and Beasley, and I'm sneezing at Terrence Williams. Gotcha. So I'm kind of met on Hearns. I understand it. I'm, if I'm buying anybody, it's Gallup. I think he's got more upside. I'm selling on the other guys. Down the road, or I should say in the same division across the country to the East Coast, we go to the New York Giants, and you got OBJ with a ADP of 9, and then Sterling Shepard, 111. I can tell you right now I am – Selling on OBJ, and I'm meh on Shepard. And the reason I'm selling on him is because if I'm at nine, I'd rather still take and reach for a running back and look to get Julio coming back, which is happening. So you're not going to get the caliber of running back if you go OBJ first and then try to get the running back coming back. I absolutely agree. At nine, you're going to get Delvin Cook. You're going to get Melvin Gordon. You're going to get Leonard Fournette. Yep. I would rather have any of those three rather than Beckham. Uh where is Shepard going at? 111, so you're talking 10th round. He is one of those 9th, 10th round guys that I'll definitely target yeah. if I go running back heavy soon. Uh, early, I should say. Obviously, his target share will drop slightly with the return of Beckham. But last year, I mean, he was a target monster without Beckham. Yeah. Uh, the only other guys on their roster coming back at wide receiver are Cody Latimer and, and uh, Lewis. Uh, I can never remember his first name. Uh, those two guys are 
really disinteresting to me. So Shepard's going to get some targets, and I think he's got some value. Yeah, and he's in the range of Robbie Anderson, Marquise Goodwin, you know, Emmanuel Sanders. So it's kind of like you're going, and you have to pick your poison. Which one of those guys you want to go to war with? There, I like Robbie a little better. I definitely like Emmanuel a lot better. So I probably won't own much, if any, of Sterling Shepard. But I can't fault anybody for taking him at that at that payoff spot. Let's go to the World Champs. Yes, the Lombardi Trophy winners, the Philadelphia Eagles. All Sean Jeffrey. He's 54 overall. So you're talking. He's fifth round. Nelson Aguilar, he's in that same range as Sterling Shepard at 111. And then you've got Mike Wallace, 239. I can tell you I'm buying all Sean. I'm meh on Nelson. He's okay. He's kind of like that same thing with with Sterling, but I like Robbie Anderson and Emmanuel better. And I'm meh on Wallace. Well, Wallace is pretty much the definition of meh. Uh, Even in an offense that could potentially uh, give him some deep ball opportunities, I, I want nothing to do with Wallace. Aguilar kind of developed as a late bloomer last year with Carson Wentz at the quarterback. I think he's going to be an okay pick at his play. Jeffrey, I don't think you can take right now anymore at that spot because it sounds like he's going to miss the first six games of the season. I don't know if I buy that yet, and that does make him riskier at this spot now. So his ADP, of course, is baked before that came out. What I like about him is what he did last year injured the entire year. So there is upside if he can get in. Like Edelman, I don't think he's got as much upside as Edelman can down the stretch, but I think he's somebody that you can easily use as a wide receiver three if you go wide receiver you know, heavy early. If Jeffrey does miss the season, or at least miss part of the season, instead of taking Mike Wallace, I would rather use a late-round pick on Mac Collins or Kamar Aiken. Both of them have shown in bits and pieces that they're at least talented. I wouldn't, and I'll tell you why. Because I think what happens is Aguilar gets a little uptick and then Ertz gets an uptick, and then the rookie, tight end, is going going to get an uptick. So I don't really see it panning out to where it would push to the rest of the wide receivers. Let's go down right in my neck of the woods in Washington. Josh Doxson, who's 151, so you're talking 13th round. Crowder, 91, so he's in that 8th round range. Paul Richardson, who's a late-round lottery ticket in, say, the 16th round. Well, those three guys, you look at the skill sets and then you look at the quarterback, and the quarterback is Alex Smith. Alex Smith took a fast speed receiver in Tyree Kill, and he basically turned him into a star. Uh, Richardson's probably the closest to a speed receiver of those three. He's, he's kind of that deep threat on the outside, so I think we're, you're getting him in the draft. He's a great, a great buy. Uh, Doxson really hasn't proved a whole lot yet, and, and again, a lot of that was because Kirk Cousins had no time to throw last year at all. Uh, Jameson Crowder, of course, was very, very popular with Kirk Cousins. It remains to be seen how much he'll be used with Alex Smith at the helm. I think you're probably overpaying for Crowder. I don't mind him as a wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Uh, but I think that because of how he did last year, he's probably going overdrafted a little bit. So I'm met on Crowder. I'm buying Richardson, and I am selling dachshund so here's what we really should probably be met on all these guys because i do have a source at washington who told me that they are going to be spreading the ball around there is not going to be one true go-to guy however with that said they are going to get dachshund the ball is what he said so if there's a guy that i would take the upside on based on where he's going draft wise i buy dachshund i'm kind of with you i'm met on crowder and then I really liked Richardson when they acquired him, and I thought that maybe Doxson was on his way out. When I realized they're staying with Doxson, that makes me go lukewarm on Richardson, so I'm mailing him also. 
Here's my thing on Dachshund, though. So uh, for all of our listeners, if any of you ever saw the movie Not Another Teen Movie, remember the one wide receiver that they, they tell the guy not to throw the ball to because uh, he goes down the field and he gets crushed and, like, basically his body is split in half? Every time Dachshund goes for the ball, I'm afraid his body is going to be split in half. That's, that's kind of the image I get of Josh Dachshund going down the field. I got you. Uh, <laughs> I got you. But- NFC North, that, that's where the uh, Minnesota Vikings are, eh? Uh, but let's start with the cellar dwellers in the north, the Chicago Bears. Okay, so we've got Allen Alan Robinson with a mid to late fourth round grade of 43 for an ADP. Then you got a lot of late guys. Rookie Anthony Miller, 147, so you're talking 13th round. And then Gabriel and Kevin White, they're in the 250, 260 range. I could tell you that I like A-Rob, but I'm not buying him. I'm not saying sell him, so I'm kind of meh on him. And it has to do with where his cost is. Um, Anthony Miller, I think, is a definite buy. There's plenty of upside there. Gabriel, nah, I'm not even going to take a chance on him. And you know what? If you really look like you got – everybody just kept – sniping you. I wanted this wide receiver, they took him. I wanted this wide receiver, they took him. And you're looking for somebody at the end of the draft that nobody's, he's guaranteed he's going to be there. Yeah, I can see buying Kevin White. I, I, I'm right there with you on Kevin White. At the end of the draft, I can see it. Uh, I really hate to waste my last spot on him, though. I, I think I'd rather I like, handcuff someone else's running back. Yeah. <laughs> kind of take, take him out at the kneecaps there. Uh, I'm actually buying Gabriel. I, they went out and paid him a lot of money to come in and before they drafted Miller to be to be the wide receiver two there, it looks like Gabriel's going to shift inside to the slot, and I think he could have some value there in the slot. Okay, uh, Mil- Miller, I'm definitely buying at his price tag, and I think Robinson's about the right spot for his price tag. So I, I'm I'm a little mitt on him if he goes in the fourth round. If he slides to early fifth round, though, I'm definitely buying. Okay, so you're a meh to buy. I get you. Let's move to Detroit. Tate, fifty-seven overall. Marvin. 70, and then Galladay at 146. So you've got a guy that's basically fifth round, another guy that's in the right following that in the sixth round, and then you got a guy that you can get very, very late in the you know double digits. What are you doing with Tate and Marvin? Well, it's another situation where historically Detroit has thrown the ball more than they've run the ball successfully. Now they've got some running backs to run with, though. They've got on Johnson. They've got LeGarrette Blunt at the goal line. Uh, so I think both of those guys on their offense are better than <coughs> Amir Abdullah, $250,000. Uh, so uh, <laughs> uh, Golden Tate uh, is probably going to see the biggest drop-off, I think. Uh, a lot of people are concerned about Marvin Jones having touches stolen away by Galladay. But in reality, I think that Marvin Jones and Galladay at some point are going to be your outside receivers. Tate's going to slide to the yep. middle. Yep, yep, yep. And I, I think that uh, – Fifth and sixth round for Tate and Jones, neither one excites me. And they should excite me because they're on an offense that you'd think they're going to throw the ball a lot. So The only one that really excites me at this price tag is Galladay. Okay, so I can get that. Um, so you're, you're selling Marvin and Tate? At their current price tags, yes. Okay, and you're buying Galladay. So I'm selling Tate because, again, I like Marvin a lot this year. I think that his price is a little bit better. And you lost Ebron, so you lost a ton of targets, right? That gets well, I assume off. those targets could probably go to Tate over the middle, though. And he can't hold that many targets. But you know, I think that helps offset a little bit of the running 
game loss, basically. So I like I'm buying Marvin. I'm selling Tate simply because I want to buy Marvin, and they're close. I don't want both of them. And then I'm kind of met on Galladay, but I do like him. So at that price, I, again, I don't, depending on who's there and I want to really take flyers on, I can see taking a flyer on him, especially if you invested in Marvin, and that's one of those things to get through the preseason at least. God forbid if something happened, you know that his role would increase. And then if it doesn't, by the time week one rolls around, he's a waiver wire cut. Okay, we're going on to Green Bay Packers now where you have Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, just stop. Geronimo Ellison, Jamon Moore, oh. Equinemia St. Brown, no, Marquez just, Veldes. Just stop. It's like a freaking law firm here. Just, What's going on? Just stop. <laughs> you have Adams, who's got a 19, and you got Cobb, who's at 107. I'll make it real simple for you. Yes, I'm buying Adams. I'm selling Cobb. I'm sorry. There's just I don't see the upside. The other guys, forget about them. If Adams is truly at 19, I'm buying him there. I've just seen him go way too early this year. I've seen him go as high as 12. Yeah. And that's a little high for me. Uh, I like him at 19 if he's actually there. There, Cobb could have some upside this year because, like we, like you just mentioned, there's a whole lot of serious question marks after Adams. So, again, it's Aaron Rodgers. As long as Aaron Rodgers is on the field, those guys will have some value, but not enough to waste a high pick on. Okay, so you buying or selling Cobb? I, I'll, I'll buy Cobb, I guess. I, I, again, he's one of those guys that I'll buy, but I'm not super excited about having on my roster. Fair enough. Okay, let's move to your Minnesota Vikings. And you've got Diggs at 32. You've got Thielen at 38. I've seen it go backwards where people are taking Thielen before Diggs. I think that's a mistake. Treadwell, 260s, and Wright, 300. So Diggs or Thielen, you buy in one or the other because you're likely not going to buy them both. Yeah, it's tough to roster them both. And we really don't know yet who Cousins is going to find more of a rhythm with. If you consider the Washington offense as the as the framework, he threw the ball more underneath the Crowder, but that was mainly because he didn't have a lot of talent. When he had yep. uh, talented receivers there, he had Deshaun Jackson, who was a straight-ahead speed guy. Uh, Thielen is actually more of the straight-ahead speed guy. Diggs is more of the underneath guy. So if you go recency bias, Diggs is the guy to own. If you go more of the home run call, uh, what, uh, what Cousins did early in his career, then Thielen's the guy to own. I, I like both of them. I'll buy both of them at their current price, but I'm obviously not buying both of them. I'm buying one or the other. And I think they're both going to produce enough stats to make them worth that price tag. So here's where I am. I want to try and buy Diggs first, right? I think he has a slightly more upside, even though we should see some reverse regression with Thielen on the touchdown side. If I miss on Diggs, then I have no problem making Thielen my target. So I think that they're both a buy, depending on what you do. Does that make sense? Exactly. And I'm sorry, I don't care what it is. Treadwell, I don't care how good he looks. I'm not buying him. Sell, right, sell. They're the only two guys I'm willing to look at. Here's a thought. In deep, deep dynasty at the end of your draft, take uh, Brandon Zilstra. Uh, basically, Zilstra has the exact same story as Adam Thielen, small college uh, local kid uh, getting a chance. He's looked really good this preseason. Uh, he'll probably end up on the practice squad, but maybe in a year or two he might get a chance. Uh, who knows? Well, I don't know. We've got like eight teams left. We're about six minutes out from an hour. So let's see if we can run through these. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, Julio, 15. Sanu, 176. Hardy and Ridley are very late. So Julio, 15, I'm buying because if you're late in the draft, late in the first round, you can get him coming back when you go with the running back first. So I'm buying him. I'm selling Sanu, and I'm selling on the other guys. I don't care about them. Uh, so at that price tag – Someone should buy Jones. Yes. I'm not buying Jones just from personal okay. hatred of him. 
But at that price tag, someone should buy him. Okay. Sanu, uh, I think, is going to be overpriced because I think Ridley's going to cut into his touches this year. Same with Hardy. Uh, I don't really want Hardy on my team. I'd take a late-round flyer on Ridley, particularly in like a dynasty format. But, uh, yeah, neither Sanu or Ridley is going to be on my redraft teams. Okay, so Carolina, we've got Funchess at 90, which is, you're talking eighth round. Torrey Smith, 327. And then Samuel, the second-year wide receiver at 284. I'm not buying Funchess. I do think something about Samuel, I like him as a late-round pickup. And forget Torrey. <laughs> I, I forgot Torrey was in the league still. So, yeah, you can cross him off my list. Uh, I, I don't see enough targets to go around there for really making Samuel worthwhile. I think that they paid money to bring in Jarius Wright. I think he's going to get most of that slot time over Samuel. Okay. Uh, they also drafted DJ Moore. Uh not super high on him this year, but from a dynasty standpoint, I think he's one of the better dynasty wide receivers to nab. Uh, Funchess, uh, if you can get him in the ninth or tenth round, again, you're getting a first, you're getting a wide receiver one that late. Yeah, but he's got I, an eighth round. He has an eighth round, mid round, mid eighth round ADP though. So, eh, I met on him that eight round. If he gets okay. to nine, I'm buying though. Okay. Um, DJ Moore, I like him. I just don't know that he's going to be anybody that you can rely on this year. So in New Orleans, Mike Thomas at 14. I've seen him slide into the first round. Um, again, I'd rather go running back in that range. So for me, he's a sell, but I can't fault anybody for buying him. Ginn at 180 and Cam Meredith at 161. Of those two, I'd rather buy Cam because I think he has a slightly better upside, even though he also could be somebody that just completely craps the bed. Um, and again, I'm just met on. Thomas, you buying, selling, or met? At that pick, price uh if he's at the bottom uh, just if he's at the top of the second round yep i'd consider him but i'm probably not buying there because if i've got a swing pick range pick i'm probably going running back running back there i agree uh cam meredith uh his position uh will probably win the outside job that gin had last year pushing gin to the inside a lot depends on how the rookie traquan smith does uh, uh over the next couple games but i think that uh gin will probably start in the slot over Smith. Uh, all three, Ginn and Meredith and Thomas, will produce good stats. But again, you're talking about the New Orleans Saints, so you can only play them in eight of their 16 games because they only seem to do good at the Superdome. Okay, so you sell on both those guys too then? I'm selling all three of them. Uh, gotcha. I don't mind Meredith and Ginn. I'm not paying Thomas at his price tag, though. Okay. So then we move to Tampa Bay where we have Mike Evans, 21. I'll be honest with you, if he slides to the end of the second, beginning of the third, where I've got a swing pick and I think I can get him and still get a running back with that pick, I'm buying him. Otherwise, I'd probably sell. Um, so I guess that makes me met on him, right? And then you've got Goodwin, who actually doesn't have an ADP. He's actually starting over Deshaun Jackson right now. So he's a late buy for me because you get him for free. Jackson's a sell. Don't want to talk about anybody else. What do you got for Evans, Goodwin, and DJX? Well, for some reason, Evans has slid so far, mainly because Jameis Winston isn't the quarterback. So. But if you look at Evans' performance last year when Jameis wasn't in there, yeah. he was still being targeted 15 times a game. Yep. It's ridiculous how much they throw to them. And if Evans' ADP continues to slide, sign me up. I'll take him all day at the end of the second round. I took him at the swing turn in the Huddle Expert IDP draft, so I got him at 24 at that point. Uh, and, then I, and I took a running back with him. So at that point, I feel good about it. I don't like... Deshaun Jackson, I haven't really liked him for the last 10 years, so I'm probably going to leave him on the uh, okay. on the waiver wire. Chris Godwin has has some upside late in the draft, but again, it, it's so much the Evans show. They're also going to be throwing the ball to Bright and to O.J. Howard at the yep. tight end slot. I agree. Uh, 
Godwin for me is is a dynasty stash maybe, but I'm not drafting him for this year. Okay. Arizona, Fitzgerald, 50. So that means you're talking end of the fourth, beginning of the fifth round. And then is that Br- his age or is that his Yeah, uh, and then Bryce Butler. I'll make this real easy. I love Fitz, Hall of Famer, first ballot, should be, blah, blah, blah. I'm not buying anything on offense in Arizona this year. You know what? I'll Here's what I'll buy from Arizona. In the 17th and 18th round, I'll sign J.J. Nelson and Bryce Butler. You can have that. I'm, I'm passing. In, in, in my rookie league or my dynasty rookie draft, I might take Christian Kirk in round three. But, yeah, I, I for redraft, I don't want anything to do with Fitzgerald. Okay. Again, get, give me Nelson and Butler at the end of the draft, and maybe one of them might hit. All right, so we hit an hour. We're going to try and wrap this in, in less than five minutes with three teams. The Rams, we've got Cooper Cup. Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. All of them are sub 180 P's. You've got Cup at 85, Cooks at 44, and Woods at 92. Clearly, you can't buy all of them. So, if you're targeting one, who is it going to be? You know, I'm targeting Cooper Cup. Uh, he had such a great relationship last year with Goff. And uh, the greatest show on turf is coming back here, except for now it's the greatest show on surf. So, you know yeah. what? Give me all three of them at their current ADPs. They're all weighted down because of the fact that there's so many Cooks, so to speak. In the in the throw to, I'll be happy with any of those three cooks as my receiver number two though or receiver number three. So I'm met on cup and I'm actually selling the other two at those costs. I like other players in those ranges instead. San Francisco, Pierre Garcon one fifteen, and then Goodwin at one eleven. So they're both you're talking round ten guys. I'm buying both. Of course you can't buy both. So I'm target one. If I don't get them, I'll buy the other guy. You know I actually have bought in both in a couple leagues. Just because I want to see which one ultimately develops into the best relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I, <laughs> I love them both at that price tag. I don't even mind Trent Taylor at, at his price tag. Uh, obviously, I've said before that I don't like Dante Pettis, and I still don't like Dante Pettis, so don't even worry about him. Again, unless you're in a rookie draft and you're drafting in like the fourth round of that. Garcon and Goodwin, buy them both. Well, and here's the thing, and this is what I think people need to look at. You have to go one plus one equals two. And it's kind of like the Eli thing. Nobody likes Eli, but if you're high on OBJ and you're high on Evan Ingram and you're high on Barkley, somebody's got to catch something from the man, right? So you're not drafting Jimmy Garoppolo as a top 10 quarterback and then tell me you're not going to draft any of his wide receivers. And they're all tenth, you know, double-digit round picks. So, yeah, they're both buys for us. I agree on that. Last team, Seattle. You have Doug Baldwin at 41. I understand that that's got injury concern baked into it. Tyler Lockett at 166. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm willing to take the risk with Baldwin's knee because somebody's got to catch the damn ball there. He's one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. Buy him at that cost all day long. And then Lockett, yes, he's got plenty of upside. Jimmy Graham's gone. I can't see how he doesn't return value on that kind of pick. I, I just kind of laughed when I looked at the depth chart here, and it, uh, because of Baldwin's injury, it listed J. Ron Brown as one <laughs> yeah. of their starting wide receivers. Uh, that's that's just sick. Uh, I, I I don't buy Lockett. I don't buy I don't buy Brandon Marshall. I don't buy Jaron Brown. No, I'm not talking about any of those guys. They're all horrible, and I don't like the Seattle offense in general this year. So I'm going to leave Baldwin on the wire too. So you're you're selling Baldwin. I'm, I'm selling all. I'm selling every part of Seattle. So you're like I am with Arizona. I got you. All right. So did we ca- we covered everybody right except for Dez, who you tried to assign to Cleveland, but he really shouldn't be assigned <laughs> to Cleveland. I'm not buying him either. So we're wrapped, right? That's a wrap on wide receiver? That's a wrap on wide receivers. And the next one, next show we're going we're gonna to do is what? Tight ends and quarterbacks, I believe, right? Yeah, because we like to put those guys off till the end. That's right. And we should have 
our boss, David Dory, joining us for that um, talk because, you know, I won't want to talk about quarterbacks because I don't like quarterbacks. And maybe I'll tell you a secret about Deshaun Watson and my team the next time we meet up. Until then, make sure you are following my man Harley Schultz on Twitter at NuclearHarley. And you can also follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. If you listen to us on iTunes, please go ahead and rate us and review us. We'd really appreciate it. You can listen to us again at The Huddle, free, iTunes, or Stitcher. Till next week, as always, get blitzed responsibly. Cheers. <laughs>